Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Go ahead and grab your seats. Praise the Lord. It is good to be in the house of God. Amen. And good to see some faces. Amen. Is that a new sister over here? First time? Praise the Lord. Welcome. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise. Amen. And we got a gentleman right over here. Malachi. Amen. In the house. Amen. First time here. God bless you. Amen. And he came last week, but first time I seen him. Bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I forgot all about you guys, and I thank all you guys that are here too. Amen. Those are PCLV. Say yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Well, it's good to have everyone in the house of God. Amen. And I'm going to jump right into the word. Amen. Praise God. And, and so we, somebody say I, we need to be a people, listen, that hit the altars. There is power. Somebody say power. There is power at the altar. Amen. Holy Ghost power. Amen. There is a river. Amen. That flows from the throne of heaven. That comes right to the altar, amen. At the altar of God, amen, there is healing. There is deliverance. There is restoration, salvation. Come on, somebody. It's at the altar that we, say I again, that we find understanding and we receive clarity. It's at the altar that we find direction and comfort. It's at the altar, listen, church, where we war. This is where we fight, church. You know, we, we, don't, we don't fight flesh and blood. We, we fight spirit. Hallelujah. It's a spiritual battle, amen. And, and most of us, we need to get back to that place of altar, where it's in your home, uh, where it's in your heart, in your, in, your, in your workplace, in your car, wherever it is, that we need to go back to warring. Come on, we need to fight. Somebody say fight. Somebody say fight. We have to fight, amen. If you want change and you want to see your loved one get saved or you want an answer prayer to God, amen, it's at the altar, amen, that you find the answer. This is where we fight. You got a war. Nothing is handed to us. You want deliverance? Fight for it. You want your marriage to work? Fight for it. Come on, you want some healing in your finances? Fight for it. Come on, anything you want from God, you're going to have to fight for it. Because there is an enemy that's coming against you. There is an enemy that's opposing you. So whatever you're fighting for, whatever you're longing for, whatever you're standing for, let me tell you, when you do that, the enemy comes at you. Come on, somebody. And if you can't fight, amen, the good fight of faith, amen, he will take you out. So we need to come back to the altar. Amen. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 2, 2 says this. The Lord gave me this answer. Write it clearly on tablets what I have received to you uh, so that you, so it can be read at a glance. Amen. The, The New Living Translation says like this. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that the runner can carry the correct message to others. 
It's at the altar of God that God reveals him. And it's at the altar, amen, that God gives us, gives you the answer, amen. He gives us clear vision, amen, so that we can present it, listen, correctly. There's a lot of misunderstanding out there, church. And we need to hear God that we can present what he's telling us correctly. Come on. Not that we run with our own ideal. Not that we run with our own uh, uh, understanding. We need to get good, clear direction. And it comes at the altar that you and I can present it correctly. See, if you go one chapter before in Habakkuk chapter 1, the prophet here, as you li- if you read that chapter, has a list of complaints. You ever had a list of complaints? <laughs> Come on. Maybe you got some complaints today, amen, I don't know. But he has a list of complaints. The prophet here is complaining about this, complaining about all this, complaining what's going on in the world, complaining about all the evil that's going on, and he's giving this list of complaints to God. Anybody here ever complained to God? Well, come on, somebody maybe got, maybe complaining this morning to God, amen, I don't know. But people complain. Why? Because why? We're good complainers. When things are not happening or things are going wrong in our lives, we like to complain. Amen. Come on. The Lord answers the prophet, but Habakkuk continues his complaint. But the prophet, listen, changes his attitude in chapter 2. He humbles himself and he repositions. You got to listen to this. He repositions himself completely to God. Chapter 1, Habakkuk's like this. Chapter 2, he gets on his knees and does this. See, there's a lot of Christians today that are doing this instead of doing this. They're complaining to God. They're pointing to God like he don't know what he's doing. Hello. (laughs) How many know that God knows what he's doing? (laughs) And so Habakkuk here gets, he's complaining, he's frustrated. Come on, you've been frustrated? Come on, you've ever been mad? Am I talking to anybody here? Amen. Come on, are you all just saints? Amen. Everything's great. Amen. Come on, come on, anybody ever complain in this house? It's okay to say amen to that. Come on, I don't know, but, but sometimes you get frustrated with life. Sometimes you get frustrated at work. Sometimes you want to just complain of the things that are going on in your life. Amen. This is what Habakkuk's doing. He's complaining to God of all the evil that's going on. But in chapter 2, something happens. He gets an attitude check. The church needs an attitude check. He gets an attitude check and he goes, why am I complaining? And so he repositions himself to humility. He goes away from everyone else. He turns off his Facebook. Hello. For some of us, you just got to turn off your Facebook, amen. You get on Facebook and you get all angry, hallelujah. Come on, if if it gets you angry, stay off it. Or don't complain on it. Hello. Hello. He gets away from everything else, amen, all from the noise of the world, and he goes to his quiet place. Listen for the answer. Look what it says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I will climb to my my watchtower, and I will stand at my guard post, 
And there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. And then verse 2 says, And the Lord gave me this answer. Write it down clearly on tablets for what I revealed to you so that it can be read at a glance. This morning, I want to minister a message entitled, Get Back to the Altar. Stop complaining and start praying. Habakkuk went up to his watchtower. He got himself back to the altar. So instead of complaining, he went back to praying. I mean, that praying works better than complaining. Instead of pointing the finger, he humbled himself in prayer and he waited. Some of you guys have to wait. Tell your neighbor, wait. Tell your neighbor, hold on. Come on, the answer's on this way, church. I know that we want answers sometimes like this. I know that we want deliverance sometimes like this. We want things to be fixed in our lives sometimes like this. Amen. Uh, come on. Uh, but let me tell you, you're at where you're at today, not because it was something like this. Amen. It's a process of a long time. Uh, a lot of things, amen, that accumulate. So you can't expect God to come and just do it like this. Come on, somebody say amen. It takes a process. Yes, God can deliver. Yes, God does the miracle, but some things, it's a process. Come on, we reap what we sow. Come on, it doesn't go away. Man, if, if, you, were, if you were not saved on Saturday and you had this enormous bill to pay to the courts, amen, and you got saved on Sunday, guess what? Monday, you still got to pay it. You can't just say, God saved me and erase my past. No, it doesn't work that way. Come on, we still got to do what we need to do. Come on, somebody say amen. So, if we need, if we want clarity, how many want clarity here? We must change our attitudes. We must humbly come, listen, and reposition ourselves towards the Father. We need to climb our watchtowers and stand our guard posts. And wait, somebody say wait, wait for clarity to come so that we, say I, can declare. Declare what he's revealed to us correctly. Come on, somebody. We need to get back, listen, to the altar. You see, the problem with most Christians today, listen, they are satisfied. Listen, you got to listen on Staying around the altar. Come on. Christians are just satisfied. Listen. On just coming to church. Christians are just satisfied just sitting here. Amen. Just coming week after week. But they stay just around the altar. Amen. They don't get back to the altar. They're just satisfied on just coming. And that is it. But what we need today is a people that will say, not my will, come on, not my will, but thy will be done, God. We, we need a people that will stop at the Garden of Gethsemane and say, God, today as I wake up today, I, I want to do your will, not my will. We need a people that will die to themselves, amen, crucify this flesh, hallelujah, humble themselves in order for clarity to come. 
If we want revival, who wants revival in this place? Come on. If we want revival, we want victory, amen. If we want clarity, if we're going to declare in 2021, then we need to get back to the altar of God to receive the answer. Don't come to me and say, Pastor, can you find the answer for me? I got to find my own answers. Hallelujah. You say, I. You need to do it. You need to fight. You need to get that answer for yourself. Amen. Now, come on. You can't just come to me. I'll pray for you. Don't, don't get me wrong. But you got to do your part. People want to piggyback to heaven. Can I just jump on you, pastor? Can you just do all the work and get me in? It doesn't work that way. I'll carry you, but when I get to that gate, he's going to say, take that luggage off, amen. You I know, but I don't know about this other guy. People want to sneak into heaven. Instead of living holy the way you need to live. Come on, we're going through things. Why are you going through things? Well, stop what you're doing. Why are you going through trouble? Stop what you're doing. Start praying. Start doing what you need to do. Now, if you turn to 1 Kings 18, when I, no, I'm going to give you a little history here. The land is in a drought. There's a severe famine going on. It hasn't rained for over three years. King Ahab and his wife Jezebel are looking for Elijah, listen, to take him out. They're not taking him out to Olive Garden. They want to take him out. Are you understanding? And Elijah sets up this meeting, listen, with the king. And Ahab, the king of Israel, meets Elijah with these words. In 1 Kings 18, 17, it says, when Elijah, when he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? Are you the one who's causing all the trouble in Israel. See, the definition of trouble is this. To stir up, to disturb, to upset. Evil kings, listen, hated God's prophets because they spoke against sin and idolatry. The one thing you need to realize, church, that when you really get serious with God, I'm talking about serious, serious, amen. I'm not just talking about just coming to church, amen, but serving him. When you are at 100% with God, amen, listen, you will be viewed as a troublemaker to this world. Because most people are satisfied staying around the altar instead of getting back to the altar. But you, say me, but you, troubler of Las Vegas. Are you a troubler of Las Vegas? I'm a troubler of Las Vegas. Hallelujah. Come on. You, troubler of Las Vegas, have chosen to get back to the altar. People who get back to the altar are living sacrifices for the Lord. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this. I beseech you. Beseech you means I beg or I ask earnest or urgent, uh, urgent, urgently, 
So I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The NIV says like this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. PCLV, we need to get back to the altar. In our text in 1 Kings 18, as you read on, Elijah called the nation of Israel back to the altar. Listen, the need of the hour is for men and women who will rebuild the altar. The altar is the meeting place with God. The altar is where you climb your mountain and you give up your Isaacs. Come on. It's a place, amen, of sacrifice where you die to self. It's a place of where understanding and clarity comes. It's a place where you and I can start to declare. In 1 Kings chapter 18, 30 to 31, it says this. Then Elijah called the people, come over here. And they all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the, of the tribes of Israel. So Elijah, the prophet here, he takes 12 stones, symbolizing the 12 tribes, amen. So 12 also means divine order or divine government. Elijah is preparing the altar. He's building a picture of Israel back under God's order to live according to God's word. Church, what we need today, listen, what we need today is very simple. We simply need to live God's word. Come on, we need to live God's word. Amen. We cannot live, and I'll use what Pastor Sonny said last week, half hood. Too many half hood Christians. Amen. We cannot live half hood. We cannot be one foot in and one foot out. Amen. We cannot be playing and dancing with God. you got to make up your mind. Are you going to serve me or you are not going to serve me? Amen. Whatever you got to do, you got to make up your mind. Amen. You can't be living, doing your things, and then come on Sunday and think everything's okay. He's building a picture here to Israel back under God's order, saying you got to live according to the word of God. The Bible says that if he be, rebuild the altar, he knew, listen, the prophet knew that he can bring Israel back to the altar and the altar back to Israel and they will go back to God. We need to get back to the altar. Listen, when we come under God's order, we start living according to his word, we'll always, listen church, be standing at the altar. I thank God that we belong to a fellowship that still believes in the altar. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Still believes in altar calls. Come on, somebody. Still believes that there's transformation and deliverance that happens at the altar. See, the greatest structure that's needed in America right now is not more structures, not more buildings. Now, the new Raider Stadium in Las Vegas is awesome. That's a great structure. Come on, somebody. Okay. Not Raider fans. It's an awesome structure. Hallelujah. 
But we don't need more structures, amen. But what America needs, what our world needs, is a structure called the altar. I want you to listen to this. The church altars have not been torn down by the enemies of this world. They have been torn down, listen, through neglect, decay, and rejection of God's people. To favor a more comfortable and less painful and easier way. That's why there's a lot of churches that don't use the altar. Though they have altars, beautiful platforms, but they're not in use. They use them to entertain rather than to proclaim and declare. I want you to listen to this quote by C.H. Spurgeon. A time will come instead of shepherding or the shepherds feeding the sheep, the church will have uh, clowns entertaining the goats. A time will come instead of shepherds feeding the sheep, the church will have clowns entertaining the goats. See, the root of neglection or neglecting the things of God is simply, listen, pride and flesh. And oh yeah, half hood. It's when you and I truly humble ourselves before the Lord and we reposition ourselves that we can truly pray. Church, we, we got to reposition ourselves. We're complaining. We're living the way we want to live and still think that God's going to hear us. And you haven't even repositioned yourself. You, even, you haven't even really humbled yourself before God. We're still talking the same, walking the same. God set you free. God delivered you from that lifestyle. It's time to change our mindsets. We can't think like that anymore. We can't think hood anymore. We need to think kingdom. Come on, somebody. We belong to a kingdom. We don't belong to a neighborhood. We belong to the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. That's greater than any hood that's out there. We need to walk like children of God. We need to be like sons and daughters of God. Come on, we need to, we have to represent the kingdom of God. We are kingdom ambassadors. Come on. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Come on, of a holy nation. Come on, a God that called you out of your darkness into its marvelous light. He didn't call you to continue you. He called you to change you. We got to reposition ourselves, church. And when you reposition yourself, humility comes. Because a prideful person doesn't do this. A prideful person doesn't do it in public. But a man of God and a woman of God humble themselves before God and repositions and stops complaining and starts to pray and then starts to wait on God. And God and stays here, listen, till the answer comes. Amen. Doesn't get up and complain like, I guess it's not today. 
doesn't get up complaining, saying it's been three weeks, four weeks. Some of you guys have a timetable on God. Amen. Come on. It's been a month and a half. You know, God, what's going on here? Then that half hood starts coming out. Amen. We got to reposition ourselves. That means humility, church. See, the greatest sin of America, America, is pride, selfishness, and carnality. Carnality, amen. Lust. We must return to total dependence upon God. We must return to the old-fashioned place, listen, called the altar. It's at the altar that God gives us clarity. Is that the altar who God, where God exposes who we really are? Exposes, reveals the hidden things inside of you. That's why a lot of people rather stay outside the altar than come to the altar. <laughs> come on, let's be real. We rather, we, right here is comfortable. God's dealing with you, telling you, come over here, I want to do something for you. We just say, uh-uh, uh-uh. I did something yesterday, man, he's going to expose me. I don't want to go up there. Uh-uh. Then some of you guys at altar calls do this. Oh, come on, come on. Look at your neighbor. He's talking to you. No one today is going to sneak out today. Well, there they are. That's them. I'm not saying if you got to go to work or anything. I'm not saying those things. Amen. You know. You know who I'm talking about. Amen. Come on. There's a bathroom line. Holly, at the altar. There you go. Right here. Got to come back to the altar. Amen. You stay there all service now. No. <laughs> come on. We come to the altar. Things get exposed. Confession starts coming out of your mouth. Because there's power. Let me tell you, there's power at the altar of God. Amen. But you got to make the move. And the move is humility. Doesn't matter what people are thinking. i got to get right with God. I need to get to the altar. Amen. I don't care who's seen me. Come on, somebody. At the altar, you find truth. And you find his blessings. If we can get back to the altar, then understanding comes, church. Direction comes. Declaring comes. You see, the stones that Elijah gathered were used to rebuild the altar, and they were whole stones. Kind of like this. A whole stone. Just natural. Meaning there was nothing used to shape them. There was no tool used to lift them up. There was no tool used to make them look fancy. These were whole stones. Somebody say whole stones. Whole stones. They were not broken. They were uncut, undesigned by man. Whole. In Exodus chapter 20, 25 says this. If you use stones, listen, to make, my, make an altar for me, do not use stones that you have shaped with tools. Or make them fancy, or color them, or paint them. When you use any tool on them, listen, you got to listen to this. 
Then you make them unsuitable for use in worship. In other words, church, listen, listen, listen. Tell your neighbor, listen. In other words, you pollute the altar. What it means to you and I, listen, God just doesn't want fragments, little pieces of your lives. He wants the whole you. Hallelujah. He wants all of you. Somebody say all of me. Come on. They're, they're, we're not here to make fancy altars. We're not here to make fancy platforms because no flesh shall glory in his presence, church. God will never give his glory and honor to prideful self-efforts of man. Amen. you got to see the importance of the altar. Amen. It's not how fancy it looks or how many lights it has or how it's designed. The importance is what takes place, listen, at the altar. And when the altar is misused... When we come to make it about us up here, when we come to make it real fancy, have you seen the altar at PCLV? Oh, man. Have you seen the lights? Have you seen the letters? Have you seen the worship team? Come on. If we, when we start to misuse the altar and look at, and use it for self-glory, amen, then it gets polluted. Romans chapter 12, 1 says in New King James that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. 1 Peter 5, 5, New King James says this, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Psalms 51, 17 says this, the sacrifice God wants is a broken spirit. God will not ever reject a heart that is broken or sorry for sin. Second Chronicles 7:14 Amen if my people uh, who are called by my name uh, will humble themselves uh, pray and seek my face uh, I will and turn from their wicked ways I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them of their sins and I will heal their land Church this is how we need to go to the altar humbled humbled People that will say Lord I'm broken Lord, I've sinned. People that will turn away from their sins. Then when you do that, then God will forgive. God will restore and deliver and set free. He will heal you. If we can simply get back to the altar. See, that's what's needed in the church today. People getting back to the altar. People that will put value on the altar. Live at the altar, not around the altar. Listen, you won't value it if you don't care for it. You won't value it if you don't care for it, church. There must be an investment. Listen, an investment for it. you got to put some work into it. Amen? got to put some work into it. You know, if you want your life to, to be used in a powerful way in the kingdom of God, you want God to move in your ministry, you want God to move in your worship, or, to, or, 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 or God to move in your life, in your family, or whatever marriage, whatever that you're going through, there has to be an investment made at the altar. you got to see God. 
You've got to humble yourself. You've got to turn away from your ways. We're good at pointing out the wrongs of everyone else except for ours. And God says, if you humble yourself, you repent, you turn from your ways, I'll hear from heaven, and I'll heal you. We need to humble ourselves. See, Elijah was calling for an investment from the people. He called them to get back to the altar and to pursue God once again. See, the pursuit is proof of desire. Pursuit means this, to, to follow, to chase, to hound, to shadow, to engage. Are you doing that with God? Amen. Are you following him, church? Come on, are you chasing him? Amen. Come on, are you hounding him? Amen. Come on, are you following his shadow? Are you engaged with the living God? You've got to have a pursuit for the things of God. You've got to chase it. See, if you really want something, you'll spend time in pursuing it. Come on. Young lovers. <laughs> Song of Solomon, amen. Young lovers, hallelujah. Person you're sitting next to, you got to do some pursuing for. You spend some time for. You made an investment for. We got to do that with God. If you really want something, you'll spend time with it. You'll spend time with the person. You'll spend time. You'll make an investment for it. You'll know what's the importance of something by the time you're willing to give it. If you really want to see a mighty move of God in your lives, in your homes, in your ministries, if you really want to declare in 2021, it's going to cost you something, church. You have to make an investment. And I'm here to let you know you'll be blessed if you invest. I said you'll be blessed if you invest. Hallelujah. If you pursue your dreams and let nothing or no one stop you. God, I, I, I'm not going to let it stop me. Devil, you can come all hell. You can, you can do whatever you want to do, but nothing's going to stop my pursuit for God. Amen. You can bring sickness upon my body, but I'm still going to pursue the living God. Amen. I don't care what you do. Nothing's going to take away my pursuit. There's a desire inside of me that I want God and nothing else. Amen. Nothing's going to stop me. A speeding ticket's not going to make me backslide. Come on, we get a little speeding ticket and oh, forget church. Come on, we're weird, hallelujah. Come on, we come to church late, amen, and a newcomer took your chair. Oh, I'm out of here. Well, that's where you are. You should have been early. Hallelujah. Don't blame the brother for taking your chair. How about going to him saying, welcome. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can say that in your mind, but don't say it out loud. <laughs> See, history shows... That things happen, listen, when we hit the altar. In our text here in 1 Kings 18, Elijah, you got to look what Elijah does. Elijah 
had the altar soaked with water. There's a powerful passage of divine power. Listen, when we go back to the altar, look at 1 Kings 18, 32 to 35. He said, he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold around three gallons. He piled the wood on the altar and cut the bull into pieces and laid the pieces on the wood. And he says, fill four jars of, with water, pour it over. Somebody say pour it over. Pour it over the offering and the wood. After they have done it, he said, do the same thing again. Somebody say again. And then when they finished, he said, now a third time, uh, now do it a third time. So they did as he said, and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. The story here is that the nation is in a drought. And Elijah calls the prophets of Baal to build an altar with sacrifice. And Elijah builds another altar, if we know the story. And he tells them, you pray to your God, I'll pray to my God. And whoever answers by setting the wood and the altar on fire is the true God. And of course, we know the story. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing happened. So Elijah, listen, has them soak it with water. You got, you got to get this, church. Soaking what you're going to light with fire with water. He has them soak it with water. Listen. Not only going to prove the true God from fire from heaven, but the hidden message is here, church. There will never be fire from heaven without water. You got you to listen here. The fire will fall, listen, when the wood is wet. The fire will fall when the wood is wet. See, the problem today, listen, Tell your neighbor, listen, we don't see many tears at the altar no more. The altars are not getting wet. So the fire is not falling. It seems that today the church is in a spiritual drought. The drought of dry eyes because why? There's not true repentance at the altar. It's all routine. It's all just, you know, going with the flow. Come on, but there is no change. You come time and time to the altar, but you leave time and time with no change. Because why? You're not crying. You're not repenting at the altar. The altar has to be wet in order for the fire to come and change to come. Yet we complain time and time. But we got to get to the altar and mean business with God. You got to shed some tears in true repentance. Don't let it be routine, church. Second Chronicles seven fourteen that I read before. If my people, speaking to the sons and daughters in this house, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and they'll forgive them of their sins. And then I will heal their land. God's talking to the church right here. If my people, not talking to the world, he's talking to the church. 
if my sons and daughters would humble themselves, come to the altar and repent. Repent needs to be a word that's used in the church today. Come on, repent. Turn away from their ways. Then God says, I'll heal you. No fire is coming down, church, because there's no water at the altar. There's no repentance at the altar. They come time and time. It's not like God doesn't work. You know, we, oh, there he is again. There she is again. No, it's not that God doesn't work. It's just not true repentance. The wood, the wood is not getting wet. So the fire is not falling. We want change. We're, we're so, we're, we're, we're so, so verbalized when we don't get our answers. We, we're so good in pointing the fingers, amen, yet we don't want to humble ourselves before the Lord. We come for show. We do fake tears. Hello. Come on. There's some fake tears at the altar. That water does not, that water does not wet the altar church. All it does is give you a performance. And God knows every actor out there. Come on. Church, God's calling us back to the altar. I'm not here to push any finger. I'm not here to blame. I'm, not, I'm, I'm here to speak truth, church. If we really want to be a person on fire for God, if we really want our marriage healed, if we really want change and deliverance in our lives, then we need to wet the the wood with tears of repentance and humble ourselves before God and not blame him. He's talking to the church. Hitting the altars of, with tears of repentance will always, listen, will always bring healing, church. And healing brings on declaration. <laughs> when you're healed, you'll declare. <laughs> You have no problem declaring who God is. I declare when he healed me from that hospital room, I, I declared who he was. He's a man of his word. Hallelujah. He says who he says he is. Amen. I am who I, he says I am. Amen. Come on, I start to declare because I know who my God is. Elijah digs a trench around the altar. Listen. If we're going to see the power of God manifested, there must be more work done around the altar. There must be preparation. You see, after all the work, what did Elijah do but pray? If you don't pray or don't have time to pray, you shouldn't think it's strange that nothing's happening in your life. Without prayer and soaking of tears, there'll never be supernatural fire, church. Prayer requires hard work. It's so hard on the flesh. Come on, because the spirit is all in it. Woo, come on, let's go to the altar, let's get right. The flesh, I don't want to get up. I don't want to stop. In reality. 
come on, you come on a Sunday morning, and you're already thinking what you want to do Sunday night. If I repent today, then I can't do what I want to do tonight. Come on, somebody. Then you really don't want true deliverance. You truly don't want change. That's why God says, I prefer you either hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. You have hood, I'll spit you out. It's the truth. You all in? Let's get in. Let's change. Allow God to change you. Change you. Change your look. Change your talk. Change your attitude. Change your spirit. Prayer is hard work. It's hard on the pride. It's hard on the carnal mind. You've got to work at it. Don't think all these men and women of God that we read the great stories, these great men, King David, Paul, and all these guys, you know, you think it was just easy for them. No, no, they prayed. It was a sacrifice. That's why Paul says, I died of this self because I know what I used to do before. Come on, you know what you used to do before. It has to die. It has to be crucified. That, that old man, that old woman can't resurrect, church. Daily, amen. Each day that you don't, each day it's rising. And something or someone's going to get you mad, and boom, there it is. It was there all along. It wasn't on the tree. That every morning should be hanging on that tree, crucified. That way you can do God's will. Every day. It's work. It's work. Every day. Every day I got to take a shower? Yes, every day. Don't take a shower for a few days? Guess what? Same thing with sin. Sin stinks after a while. Got to have it washed away. Lord, wash it away. The world gets on us, amen, every day. Something drops in, uh, in our mind every day, church. It doesn't matter how spiritual, how good you, it gets on us because we're in this world, amen. You got to wash it off. Every day I wake up, I repent. Even though I, maybe I didn't do nothing wrong, but God, I, I, I must have thought something wrong, amen. God, clear my mind. If this is the day that you blow that trumpet, I want to be right in your sight, amen. I, I want to be caught up, amen. I, I don't want to be half thinking or half hood. Some of us. Mm, some of you guys need to throw some things in, the, in your house that are from the world. Some of you guys need to get rid of some clothing, amen, because each time you put it on, you become half hood again. Come on. Some of you guys need to get rid of some movies in your house, amen, because each time you get into it, you get in the flesh. Some of you guys need to remove some stuff from your house. Amen. You want change? Well, how come there's never peace in my home? Well, you've got all this in your house. 
Who was, who was the guy that hid something that God said, don't take anything? Akon or Aon or what's his name? Huh? What's his name? Damn on. I think it starts with an A, amen. Aiken, Aiken, Aiken. He says, don't take anything. Go in there, destroy everything, take everything. Don't keep any plunger, amen. And Aiken kept a what? Something in his tent, which is sin, because he's supposed to get rid of it. He was keeping something in his tent, and it brought sin upon the whole camp. And sometimes you're thinking it's you're doing. No, no, you're bringing, you're polluting the church. And we're wondering why God's not moving here because someone has something inside their tent. And God says, you need to get to the altar. You need to repent. You need to turn away from your ways and get right with God and soak this altar with water. Get the trash bag, but don't go looking for it afterwards. In the trash bin open. Oh, I found it. <laughs> we do that. Acts chapter 6, verse 4, and I'll close with this. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry. Of the word. But we, say I, will give myself continually to the ministry, to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That is what we need to do, church. So I wrap this up. We need to get back to the altar. Let's climb our watchtowers. Let's stand our guard posts. Elijah prepared the altar and God did the rest. As the water covered the altar and the sacrifice, it filled the trench around it. As we prepare the altar, church, as we do the work, there'll be a feeling, listen, of the Holy Spirit that comes inside of us. And this is more than just a feeling, it's more than just a touch. But what takes place at the altar is transformation and declaration. And after all that had been done, Elijah called on God and God answers from heaven by fire. The supernatural fire of God always falls on divine order. If we desire the, 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 the divine supernatural fire of God in our lives, then we need to get back to the altar and we need to shed some tears and we need to wet the wood and we need to do the work and God will do the rest let's get right church I'm not trying to kill your whatever you're doing I'm just trying to challenge you make up your mind if you want the world then take the world but if you want God, then get right with God. And let's not complain any longer. But let's humble ourselves back again to a place of humility and repent and turn from our ways and watch God heal us. God will heal us, church. 
I'm a testimony of that. There are people in this house that are a testimony of that. And when we position ourselves like this, 